Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Kimberly Burns, a.k.a. Kim B. She's an activist, patient advocate, influencer, cannabis powerhouse. Excited to have her on the program. For those that know, know Kim, she is uh, big in the cannabis scene in general, but particularly here in New York City. I'm excited to talk about her work in the cannabis space as an entrepreneur, uh, as a marketer. Uh, she's got some great things coming up in her company. With that, Kim, welcome to the program. Bruce, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on. Yeah, well, my pleasure. Well, why don't we start with your background? Um, how did you get into cannabis? What was what inspired you to become a cannabis entrepreneur? What's been driving you in terms of the cannabis space? I know you're you're very active in in many aspects of the cannabis world at this point, but um, where did it all start? Well, um, you know. When I was 15, my mom passed away and I decided to leave school to make some money for my family. I was the oldest Mm -hmm. of five kids. And um, I used to buy and sell these little nickel bags Mm -hmm. to all of, um, you know, my friends and neighbors. I worked at a motel and I used to sell these little nickel bags to people. The original Um, industry. 
it just really was what I, I did like as a little side hustle. And I'm not even sure there was THC in those dime bags. <laughs> I honestly. <laughs> it, was, it was probably oregano or something. <laughs> Who even knows? But, you know, and I felt a very like deep connection with the plant. And as years went on as a consumer, and like mm-hmm. by the time I was, you know, 18, I was um, not even consuming cannabis regularly for a brief period and getting into the fitness world. Mm-hmm. And I just always had this connection flowing through me with cannabis. And in my 20s, I was a, a consumer and almost a connoisseur mm-hmm. and um, grew some of my own plants, some of the most beautiful sour diesel ah, yeah. still that I have ever seen. And then when I got into my 30s, you know, life changed. My dad got sick and I wanted to try to treat him as best I could. And he was a consumer as well. So, you know, after just him being extremely addicted to opioids and having severe dementia with severe side effects from the, you know, dozens of medication, I was like, nah, I'm going to make brownies and I'm just going to see what happens. I'm just going to see. And he, like I said, was a consumer. I felt very comfortable doing this and it helped him. But Bruce, like the crazy part about it is it really helped me. Mm, Interesting. It helped me. Um, I struggled so much with, you know, watching my dad deteriorate. And it's a really hard process to go through to just let go of, of, you know, your parent. And so I just went for it. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And, um, you know, I ended up getting divorced. My dad passed away. I went to go take a management gym, um, a job at Equinox Gym in New York City. Uh And I kind of just was a consumer again. Yeah. And then one day I was standing in line and getting my juice at the the bar at the gym. Mm -hmm. And there was a man who said he was going to put cannabis in a smoothie. And I thought, he's a man I'd like to meet. (laughs) (laughs) That's somebody I want to get to know. And he actually whipped out a tincture of CBD. And I was like, what Ah. is that? Circa, let's say, 2015. Okay. And he politely explained it to me. And from that moment on, I knew 150% in my heart and soul that cannabis was going to be the next adventure. Yeah. And from that day on, I studied cannabis. I did everything that I could to be involved. And I started volunteering at different platforms saying like, I know nothing, teach me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll work for free. Yeah. And I met someone named Josh Weinstein from Canagather, formerly High and Y. And I started volunteering for him. Um, I was already volunteering for Women Grow New York City, where yeah. currently I am the ambassador ambassador for women grow for New York city, which is an extreme honor and privilege. Yeah. Good um, for you. Yeah. And then at women grow, I met my business partner, Dejali Tufts, who had already founded tribe tokes and was already making a go of it. And her and I just hit it off right off the bat. And it wasn't so much as a friendship. It was a friendship, but we, we just yeah. started doing business together mm-hmm. and we just knew we're like, we're doing the same thing this is a partnership. And uh, she invited me to become a Mm co-founder. And uh, yeah, it's been nothing but absolutely a crazy 
amazing adventure yeah. and endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about Tribe Talks a little bit in terms of what, what you're focused on doing in terms of products, where you're at with some of these products. What's I guess tell us about the the entrepreneurial journey and and how you're approaching the cannabis from how you're approaching cannabis from a business point of view. Yeah. So well, Bruce, you actually have a little history um with my business partner Deja. <laughs> so yeah. um you know her, you guys went to the same college, is that correct? Well, we know each other through uh, kind of a networking event uh, through, yeah, through a, a college networking event. So, yeah, we met years ago and then uh, at one of your soirees in the city, uh, we connected and realized that we, uh, we actually had, uh, we had previously connected. So it's a small world in New York, as, as big as New York is. <laughs> truly, truly. Yeah. So Deja Lee um, has an amazing company called Tribe Tech. And back about five years ago, it went just crazy viral with these amazing, beautiful metallic tattoos that just are so like festival vibe. And she came up with some amazing designs and was featured on the Tyra Banks show. And so she actually wanted to get into the cannabis industry as she's used cannabis for many different reasons, but one was just, you know, helping her sleep. She was working, you know, in finance, really high profile job. And so she was having severe, you know, sleeping issues. And so she went in to the direction of cannabis and formed Tribe Tokes, kind of the sister brand of Tribe Tats. Mm -hmm. And so her kind of objective was to have this beautiful, aesthetically pleasing cannabis brand that definitely is geared towards women and kind of the beauty of the plant. So we met at a Women Grow event based on the recommendation of several people there saying like, um, guys don't know each other. (laughs) Like you guys are going to be best friends and shit. Sure enough, um, beyond best friends, it's, it's not when you form a a partnership for like something that is still, you know, at some points illegal, um, you have a lot of trust and faith and you become yeah. more than friends, more than business partners. Mm-hmm. It's like you are partners in like a cultural change, a cultural shift. Yeah. And it's really powerful, but it's also challenging. Our, Like I said, our goal is to really have something that is aesthetically pleasing, geared, of course, towards a more you know feminine aspect, but we yep. mess with the guys too, for sure. Yep. Our company is Mindful Fit and Lit. We focus on yep. vaping products like CBD vape carts and batteries, 510 thread batteries. Uh-huh. And we have been super successful. Our e-commerce site kind of went wild a few weeks ago and we've been just you. really moving forward and super excited to like build this amazing brand but right here in the meek packing district in new york city bruce yeah like we're not in cali this is not la yeah. and i'm curious about that because i think that's the one thing i i certainly noted when you know i first got to know you guys is you're doing this out of new york which you know on one hand is sort of the entrepreneurial startup you know finance capital but it is not super cannabis friendly right now Tell me about the decision or or tell me about um, why New York and then what have been some of the challenges? What have been some of the opportunities? What have you noticed? Um, Well, Bruce, it's been nothing but amazing. And, you know, you understand how New York works. It's Mm -hmm. not about 
like what you know. It's definitely a city of who you knows. Yeah. And so, you know, just based on who we knew, we knew that this was our home. Yeah. That's first and and foremost. You know, being in New York is challenging because we have so much, you know, injustice with, mm-hmm. you know, equity, social equity and and social justice and just the sadness of how we have taken yeah. a plant that's so beautiful and turned it into like incarceration, yeah. which is such a disgusting word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we decided that, you know, New York is going to have a lot of challenges based on prohibition. However, this is time for us. If we really want to be activists and practice what we preach, then we have to fucking be here yeah. and, and stay here and push the movement here where we know the most people and can make the most difference. Yeah. Like we can go to LA. I just don't know as many people there. I mean, yeah. I do now, but you know, I mean, if you put it back, you know, two and a half years ago, I didn't. And so this, I knew that this is my home. Yeah. This is where I can make the biggest difference. And we're going to make a go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm curious, you know, having been in the New York market now working in a cannabis company, what's, I mean, what, what have you noticed or what's, I guess, any surprises or, or things that haven't surprised you about how how being in New York has impacted either your you know connection to cannabis or growing the business or, you know whether it's uh, you know cultural or business environment or you know policies government I mean what's what have been big factors for you in in terms of being in New York Well you know New York City is the city where everyone in the whole entire world they know it and they know that this is where business happens. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is like business doesn't just happen, Bruce. You have to make it happen. And so New York is really the place to come to make business happen. And, you know, most, you know, even third world countries, people out in the middle of nowhere have heard yeah. of New York City. Yeah. So, you know, like I feel that like the things that New York offers beyond, you know, it still being illegal to have cannabis. I know it's been decriminalized, but yeah. like it's still not legal. Yeah. I think we learn more than anyone because we're still in prohibition. Yeah. Like we have a hands on experience of seed to sale here in a deeper level because it's still prohibited. Yeah. And so to learn from the people that are pushing the movement alongside of you is uh, the biggest opportunity. You get to kind of actually form history. And Bruce, we're doing that all together. We're forming history. We're pushing through something that has, you know, been such you know, an outlawed thing for, you know, years and years and years. And how many people have went to jail for it? So as we are pushing the movement here, we're also looking back at all of the injustice that's happened previous to this, which gives us a like a, a great aerial view of what the industry is going to look like after prohibition is completely over and what, you know, the first moves that need to be made. The movers and the shakers are coming here and they're starting businesses and yeah. they're opening offices. And so we know a lot of people, Canagather really offered me a great opportunity to mm-hmm. meet people that could help 
push the movement and maybe not from New York and getting people from other parts of the country to understand what we're working with here and commit to helping educate and elevate the other side of the country to what's happening here. Because this is where it's going to really happen. LA is great and we love it there, but it's not where cannabis, it's not going to be the capital of cannabis. Yeah. Well, it's fair. I mean, I mean, the New York market, I mean, the, the, I don't want to call it underground, but the, you know, I mean, the New York cannabis market is very big. <laughs> we just, call it the transitional market. Transitional. Thank you. I, I need the, I need vocabulary to help describe this. I mean, it's a huge market and I, it's just, you know, the fact that it's still, you know, not, you know, adult use, it's been fascinating. And I'm just, you're go, going adult use is going to have, I think it's going to have pretty big impact. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm very curious to see how this plays out. Now, I don't know how much you get involved, you know, in looking at the policy side or how they're going to structure the market, but do you have, See, having seen many states kind of do this in different ways, is there anything about how you see New York playing out in terms of the structure of how they're doing licenses and you know how they're setting up you know the the kind of cultivation, processing, dispensing structure and and uh, how they're organizing it? Is there anything that you've noticed or um, are concerned about or excited by in terms of how New York is approaching this or you know how they're talking yeah. about it at least? Yeah, no, that's such a great question, and you know it's so funny that you should say that, but because I was just talking about this the other night, yeah. I you know I think that what New York is doing is it's kind of figuring out how everyone gets their piece. This is what New York is. New York is a union state, mm-hmm. which means everybody gets a cut. So the reason why things haven't passed and everything like that is really our politicians haven't figured out how everyone's getting their cut and what it's going to look like. And that's really the truth. And I hate to say it like that, but I read up a lot about what happens um, via lobbying and I don't pay attention so much to all like every bill that comes out and reading it over and over, that's not really what I do. What Uh I do pay attention to, like I said, is lobbying and who's Uh lobbying for what and why. And then I back who those people are backed by. Like, who are you lobbying for? Who, Where are they getting their funding? And I go back and I'm not going to mention any names or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but our political structure in New York is very much about revenue and mm-hmm. organization of revenue. So I think what we're going to see is we're going to see, you know, not there's not going to be home grow most likely in New yeah. York. You know, that's uh, not something I want it. And I am a big advocate of home grow. And I believe that you should be able to grow your own medicine if you effing choose to. Uh-huh. But I just think that our government here in um, New York is really going to want to have control of the um, yeah. distribution and keep a close eye on distribution. And with Home Grow, it's a much more relaxed environment, which I love. But guess what? I It's not New York. Yeah, That's not a New York philosophy. Upstate a little bit, but even there... There's just, there's a lot of hands in in the pot. Ha ha, Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) um, And so everyone's trying to figure out where their cut's coming from. I think it's hysterical that we can't, that they put an embargo on like edibles and CBD in New York City. I think it's absolutely hysterical and preposterous. It reminded me the first thing I thought of was the um, extra large soda drink. I'm like, is this what? 
what it's really coming down to because uh, like I like to go to the movies sometimes and I get the big diet Coke and I'm sorry, that's my indulgence. Yeah. Uh, leave me alone. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to try to, you know, do the regulation and, and do all that kind of stuff. Like it's silly to not be able to have in CBD ingestibles. In fact, that's one of the things that, it should be readily available to everybody. Yeah. So I think if you look at the situations that have already passed and the things that were already going, that are already happening in New York, that is just going to be a really good idea of what the future is to come. A lot of the regulation, a lot of hands in the pot, a lot of, you know, lost opportunity because our government wants to have full control over what it is we consume from dairy to pharmaceuticals, alcohol, cannabis, tobacco. Look, yeah. take a look. Yeah. Take a look. I mean, it doesn't take a genius. I dropped out of school when I'm 15. I have no college education. It doesn't take a genius to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the the kind of social equity side of this, because I think, you know, everyone focuses on the legalization and um, uh, getting licenses and the industry side. I mean, what, what do you think the priorities need to be around um, kind of the, the social justice, the social equity side? I mean, the fact is, you know, we're coming off of, you know, 50, 60 years of criminalized uh, cannabis, which has led to, you know, all sorts of, you know, un- unequal enforcement, uh, incarceration, you mentioned, you know. What needs to be addressed? How does it need to be addressed? I mean, from your point of view as an activist, where where are the priorities? Thank you so much for bringing this up because I've been on a lot of podcasts and not everybody remembers that there are still people in jail yeah. right now here in New York, Rikers Island, that are serving time for petty weed charges. Yeah. You know, I think that it's great that Cy Vance did some expungements here in New York mm-hmm. and I'm excited that, you know, we are making a move into that direction. I just read, I think, what was it, 22 or, I don't remember the number, but 20-something thousand New Yorkers were going to not have a record anymore. That's a big deal. And I'm really excited. We are definitely making a move in the right direction. And, you know, as much as we can complain about prohibition and stuff, we're, we're making so much headway and moving in a really great direction and understanding that these people are not criminals. But mm-hmm. there's still people in jail now. And yeah. so there's still a lot more work to do. And until every single person that's in for something that is really not worth our taxpayers' money to even like talk about, let alone incarcerate someone for years and years and years and spend thousands, tens and hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars on incarcerating people that are probably great family people, specifically mm-hmm. men of color. Yeah. And they're, you know, like to to do that, like we have so much work to do and helping them transition back into a very different life. Some of these people have been in jail 10, 15, 20 years, you know, like helping them. It's important. I, um, I think, you know, Tribe Toke's stance on it is, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, lots and lots of social equity and, you know, lots and lots of expungement, but also lots and lots of, you know, I call it TLC. We have to like love people a little and, and help people and the people that have created the culture should have some extra rights because, you know, five years ago, even like if you got weed in New York, you were getting it from your guy yeah, and your guy was your, your guy. They like, that's just what it is. He was your person. He was like literally someone that consistently you did business with. 
And I think that those people are important to the culture because they're really the ones that have helped push the movement by saying, no, we're going to provide a service and there is a business to be had there. And there is, you know, this is about, you know, consumerism, really, you know. And so it's exciting to see that we are moving in the direction of, you know, getting to a more fair idea of what cannabis related um operations need like what needs to happen with that but uh-huh. we still have a lot of work to do um i have a couple of business partners that i have a 501c3 called the national cannabis commission okay and what our goal is we're raising for funding right now um this is tiana long and shalice rogers and they as us three are a woman-owned 501c3 in new jersey got it And we just are really trying to take people that have been in the transitional market and let them allow them to have the opportunity to have their own brand now by um, applying for manufacturing licensing in New Jersey Mm -hmm. and possibly other states so that all of these brands of people that... um, have been in, you know, off the market can have an opportunity to come on and have a real business and, and do exactly what their dream is. And so I'm a big proponent of, um, working towards more social equity for people that have, um, you know, been part of the culture kind of like as a legacy, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately the the folks that were in the market, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago kind of uh, have taken it on the chin for the most part in terms of, you know, suffering the consequences of, of criminalization and, and yeah, I mean, uh, the expungement, you know, at least kind of stops the wrong. It doesn't necessarily correct it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't get it. It doesn't kind of bring it back to an even playing field. And yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, bo- both in terms of just a general how to counterbalance or, or correct the kind of social injustice that's happened with uh, cannabis over the last you know, 20, 30 years, you know, give, giving a, additional opportunity for those folks that have been in the market, but, um, you know, have have been kind of penalized for it. You know, in this new cannabis market, you know, giving them um, fair or, or you know an, a a reasonable shake uh, at it um, to kind of compensate. Uh, but also, I think a lot of the folks that actually know the product and know the industry and how it works and how to make it happen, you know, are not able to participate because of criminal records. So, I mean, that's the kind of irony from it. For me, point of view, my point of view is that you know, in terms of how do we develop this market, develop the industry? Well, some of the people that are probably have the most knowledge and the most experience and the most capabilities in it have actually been excluded from it because of the way they've set up the licensing laws. So I think that's, unfortunately, I think that's the, that is some of the things that people are still grappling with. And and I mean, from, from my point of view, it's what makes this industry so fascinating from a business point of view is because you have this social history, the social, um, you know, equity and justice aspect to it. And I think as it plays out or as it gets corrected, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it impacts the growth. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and so, talk to me a little bit as as a women owned company. Uh, as uh, you know, how how does the gender side of this play into cannabis? Because I, you know, I've I've no women grow. I've had a few people on the program around it. Why is cannabis? Uh, so interesting from a female founder, from a female entrepreneur point of view. What are the opportunities it presents? What um, what are the connections that you're finding? Why why cannabis? Um, I think it's so interesting because so many women that I know 
use and know and love cannabis. But yeah, our numbers actually in the industry really don't show that. I know it does show it because it's way more than any other industry. But, you know, people always think that it's going to be so much higher, but it's like like 20 percent, you know, somewhere, you know, there was a number that came out um, like over a year ago that said 26 percent. But then were some new numbers that were more down towards 20. But like. It, it, it seems like there's, you know, a lot of women and empowerment in cannabis because there is, but mm-hmm. we're a small community, yeah. you know, and there's been a lot of networking events in New York City besides Women Grow, which is obviously a little, you know, women centric and uh, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be. Uh, we still invite men, though. You can totally <laughs> come as my guest anytime, Bruce, for sure. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Sure. Um, But I think that, you know, when I stand in a room in a cannabis event, nine times out of 10, it's like 60 or 70 percent men, specifically white men. I'm not hating. Um, And specifically, um, you know, in suits, meaning more like, you know, a very like, you know, white collar type thing. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity for women to come in and dominate the industry. But like, sis, how bad do you want it? Get out there. So my stance as, you know, a woman founder in Dej, I can definitely speak for her um, on her behalf that we empower women to get involved in cannabis. And we are inviting women to be part of our team who may not actually have a background in cannabis because we want to give these amazing women an opportunity and help push those numbers. Yeah. Now for me, I'm not stopping ever with, you know, being a woman activist in the cannabis space um, until it's at least 50%. Men aren't smarter or better than women. We're equal, you know, or just different in in some ways, but like, I feel like everyone's different in some ways. So Rather than, you know, sit here and say, oh, uh, you know, I wish more women were in cannabis. I'm actually helping grow the number as best I can. And I'll do that until the day that I die. (laughs) That's just that's just what I'm passionate about, you know, and being part of Women Grow has helped me significantly. They have given me so much education and elevation. And let me tell you, Bruce, the sisterhood of women and cannabis is so tight. I mean, Uh I am so thankful to like be part of like such a tight knit community. Yeah, no, I've been impressed uh, having having known and worked for a lot of women in the in the cannabis space. It is one of the really interesting and unique things about cannabis, I find, is that it is um, it's very present. It's very powerful. Um, and it's, uh, I think it's one of the few industries where there's so many changes still going on. There's a lot of opportunity to really shape how this industry formulates that way. So I think that's, I think it's great. So, so what, tell me about what you're doing next. Where, where does Kim B go? Where are we going to see you? What are you focusing on? What are the, some of the things you've got percolating? What can we expect in the coming months? Well, um, you can expect a lot from Tribe Tokes because my commitment obviously lays to the brand where I'm the chief marketing office officer. Dejali is the CEO. 
which is great because that's not the actual position that I'm interested in (laughs) (laughs) ever. So it's just that we have such a great unity here in the showroom. Um, We have a a really cool, you've been to the showroom in the meatpacking district of New York City. And um, so her and I are doing a lot. Expect to see some great um, beauty. I'll send you Mm. some goodies after tomorrow I'll get them out. We have a a mask, a CBD kale and spinach mask that is absolutely just, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. And I was like, I didn't think I could like actually be more obsessed with, um, something that I use for my face than this. Of course, (laughs) you know, I was like, this is like, I couldn't even believe it. And we really put great ingredients in it. Of course we have the signature eye cream, which everyone has kind of tagged as the eye cream of the cannabis industry, which is again, such an honor. Uh, We're releasing a serum and a bunch of other great products. Of course we have the most amazing, you know, CBD vapes and we have them right now in six terpene specific uh, profiles that are like real terpenes. We use real ingredients and we have everything lab tested. We're doing everything the way that like the best way to educate and elevate our customers is by telling them exactly what they're getting and why we believe in it. So that's kind of like what we're really, you know, focusing here on tribe tokes um, with, which is great. And I'm super excited about it with Kim B. um, Yeah, I'm doing something new. Um, So, you know, of course, like I loved being with Canna Gather and that was such a beautiful opportunity But I wanted to do something more community based. And so along with um, a few all men business partners, Mm -hmm. um, there's four of us, we've formed an alliance, a cannabis alliance here in New York City, Mm -hmm. um, where you can join the alliance and be part of a community that is going to help highlight and feature people and businesses that um, are 420 friendly. And it doesn't mean that um, you are like smoking or whatever. It just Mm -hmm. means like this is a veterinarian who also smokes cannabis. Mm -hmm. And I love my vet for that. He's amazing, (laughs) you know, and we have great conversations about pet CBD and things like that. And I love that. Oh yeah. Fascinating space. Yeah. It makes me feel so comfortable, but also like I, my electrician that just came in and did some new lighting up on my rooftop of my apartment. I live on Staten Island. Uh Um, you know, he saw my bong and I was Uh like, shit. Okay. And he was like, Oh, I smoke weed too. Uh And we got talking and actually like I helped him because it's like, you want to give his uncle a medical card. Like, but that's the kind of people we're bringing together is people that like want to push the movement together and you start doing commerce with each other and collaborations and stuff. So we're going to be hosting these events. I believe the anchor is Hudson Terrace. We've been, um, we're going to, so that'll start and, and yeah, in January and, um, we'll be doing some smaller events before that, but that's really the, the next really amazing thing that I'm, I'm doing. And there's some great speakers that we have lined up and some panels and some innovations and progressive thoughts. And also we're doing it in a different type of platform. So it's not just sit there and listen to some people talk for an hour and 15 minutes. There's a lot more networking. There's a lot more interaction. And I can tell you it's going to be lit. 
I'm excited. Um, I'm excited. And the, and the last thing that I'm doing is if, um, I have started a, uh, a website called Cannabis with Kimby, and it's going to be really just a cool collective where I'm forming a board of contributing women writers, and they are part of the collective. And so all of the um, revenue that comes in gets split between myself, my editor, and all of the women that are part of the collective. And they have the opportunity to access oh, money for education and things to help push their careers in. So so rather like than just ha- have something that I keep for myself, which is great. I love to make money, Bruce. Don't get me wrong. I love <laughs> to do some it's business. That's important. Um, and I'm not afraid to say it. Um, yeah. I also believe in giving back. My yeah. my end all goal is to be able to be a philanthropist in the women's health and fitness space and really be able to... Um, I've been a Pilates instructor for t- over 20 years and... I'm a Lululemon ambassador, a legacy ambassador. So I'll be in the legacy for the rest of my life with that company. And I love it. And I want to integrate all of that together and help heal the world. I know that's a big statement, but at Tribe Tokes, like Deja Lee has really given all of us, the whole team here, the thought that we can really achieve anything and have anything. It's just about, you know, putting together the strategy and following through. So I want to take that and help empower other women to be able to do the same thing and offer these opportunities to other women because just going back, that's how we get the number of women in the industry to grow is by women empowering women, all people empowering each other, but specifically. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think we need more, more business people making big statements. So I'm, I, I, you know, hat tip to the work you're doing and to the vision and the passion that you have. I think it's, I think it's great. Um, thank you so much for taking some time today to, to speak on this. Uh, it's really, it's an absolute pleasure and honor to have you on. So I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for, uh, being part of the program. Thank you so much, Bruce. I appreciate it. Let's just stay lit here in New York City. Stay yeah, lit. <laughs> yeah. If people want to find out more about you and about Tribe Tokes and the other adventures that you've uh, laid out here, what is the best way to find out that information and, and get more details? Yeah, for sure. TribeTokes.com is our website and we have lots of great information and a blog on there. Um, definitely check us out on Instagram. Uh, Tribe Tokes is our handle. My handle is cannabis with Kim B. Um, I post a lot and I post all day and I really um, am here to push the movement and I encourage people to hit me up on Instagram. I have a team that helps get all the answers out and we are really interactive there. And of course, my website, cannabiswithkimbee.com, which is going to be an amazing collective. It kind of looks like a girly high times type site with a lot of cool information but it's geared towards men too we're gonna have some great men contributed i love men don't get me wrong (laughs) so i am i'm a woman's advocate in the cannabis space but i am a lover of all people absolutely well i think that's a good attitude i think we need more of that excellent thank you again um and if you uh if you send me the mask i will take a photo and put it on instagram and tag you so i'll put that i'll put that challenge out there okay awesome i'm gonna get your address thank you so much Bruce. thank you again i really appreciate it thank you you've been listening to thinking outside the bud with business coach bruce eckfeld to find a full list of podcast episodes download the tools and worksheets and access other great content visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter 
at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.